0: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
1: Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored in our final show of the year, an icy blast from Britain's top bishop as Christmas snowflakes rewrite traditional carols to make them, you guessed it, more inclusive. We'll debate that and we'll round out the year with a completely uncensored and brilliant choir. President Zelensky defiantly tells the US Congress that Ukraine will win the war. But did he win over Republicans, arguing it should be America first? We'll debate that. Plus, some festive cheer golfing legend Ian Poulter joins me live on the project, making dreams come true, for seriously unwell children. Live from London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening. This is the final Piers Morgan Uncensored of 2022, the final live one. We're going to show some of the best shows next week uh, over the festive, restful periods. So you can uh, gorge on those with your turkey. Uh, but for now, we're going to look back on the year. It's that time of year, isn't it? When you get together with people that you love to share a drink, fall asleep in front of the TV and then have a massive argument about the year that's gone by. Well, in a few minutes you might well be arguing about me. You definitely won't be falling asleep, though, because it Hasn't been a quiet one, has it? Four British chancellors, three prime ministers, two reigning monarchs, and a partridge in a blazing pear tree. This was the year we sent COVID packing, we think we did, and discovered the new normal was actually, well, quite normal. We sweltered on the hottest day on record. We celebrated as England won the Cricket World Cup, but not the Football World Cup. We opened our homes to Ukrainian refugees. We queued for the late Great Queen... With some notable exceptions. It was a year that began with a Will Smith slap and ended with a slap in the face from the Lady's Chancellor, who decided we should all pay a lot more tax after all. Boris Johnson was turfed out of Downing Street for turning it into a mullet. That's business at the front, parties at the back. It's a Christmas cracker joke. Liz Truss was kicked out of for turning Downing Street into a municipal car park. Short stays only, didn't even last as long as a lettuce. And the new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, united the Conservative Party in wondering why the hell he gave Suella Braverman her job back. Elon Musk joined Twitter, walked away from Twitter, still seems to be at Twitter. We'll see what goes on, but he wants to say free speech, and I'm behind him on that. Donald Trump's red wave turned out to be a tiny red trickle. The Qatar World Cup began in a swirl of hypocritical virtue signalling, ended up being the best World Cup we've ever had. Cristiano Ronaldo left Manchester United after an explosive interview with a, well, an explosive TV personality. And one morning in December, watching Netflix, I brought up my breakfast, thanks to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Yes, 2022 was a year when nothing lasted. It's been 12 months of turmoil and transition, but once again, we discovered that we're actually quite good at this. In a year when everything changed, collectively, we didn't really change at all. Nothing better summed that up this year than the British monarchy. First, we celebrated Queen Elizabeth's historic 70-year reign, At the Platinum Jubilee, beautifully and bitterly, it turned out to be our final chance to show her what she meant to us. But saying goodbye to our Queen and welcoming a new King showed us that the monarchy is a permanent and unifying force. Next year, we'll see the coronation of King Charles, and that royal ribbon will pull us all a little bit closer once again. Some reports said the coronation will be scaled back, a little less lavish than we'd expect. It would be a recognition by the monarchy that these are difficult times for many people. Very sadly, the economic mess will get worse before it gets better. So will the cost of living. But at least we are living. It's an appropriate time of year to remember that tens of thousands of Ukrainians have died in defence of their country. Next year, with bills soaring a home, it will be tempting to question why we're spending so much money on helping them fight Putin's Russia. The answer is simply that they're fighting for all of us. They're fighting to live in a world, a free world, a democratic world, where sovereign countries have a right to exist where people get to choose who runs them and how to live their lives. Ukraine's unshakable bravery in the face of Russia's barbaric aggression is this year's massive story of hope. If they can survive and repel Putin, surely we can all survive the looming recession. We also said goodbye to some legends this year. Meatloaf, Madeleine Albright, Rayleigh Otter, Robert Laponi, James Kahn, Olivia Newton-John, Mikhail Gorbachev, Angela Lansbury, Robbie Coltrane, Hilary Mantel's name, just a few... But a new year means new possibilities, new challenges, new debates. In 2023, Putin will try and fail, in my estimation, to bully Ukraine and the West into submission. Prince Harry will once again trash his family in his attention-seeking woe-is-me memoir. Joe Biden and Donald Trump, with their combined 156 years, will hopefully decide to put their country before further runs for the White House. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ronald DeSantis will urge Republicans to surely dump Trump and run with him. There'll be a Rugby World Cup. Eurovision, unfortunately, returns, this time to the UK for the first time since 1998. Arsenal will absolutely, definitely win their first Premier League title since 2004, possibly. My New Year's resolution will be to speak my mind. It's been a while. To call out chaos and incompetence in the corridors of power, to bring you the interviews the whole world talks about to constantly and supremely irritate all the right people. So, more of the same, really. And why not? Because if our turbulent 2022 has taught us anything, it's surely that we're at our very best when we do it the way we know best and when we are completely uncensored. Well, my guests this year have most certainly been uncensored.
2: Only a fool, only a fool would think that was a legitimate. You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah.
1: If you can say it, it we'll bleep you.
3: I came to my senses
0: and kicked it. <laughs> that doesn't mean. Me. The guy's been doing the, the same effort
3: part for 35 years. I kind of only came in on here because I thought it would be kind of funny, uh, but I want to say you're
1: <laughs> Don't bother me anymore, <laughs> just <laughs> the <that laughs> off. <laughs> How about if you do fight again, you have to give me a million pounds? How about that's a deal? If I asked you what a woman is, what would you say? Uh,
4: a human being with uh, boobs. You <laughs> to start there.
1: I've been trying to work out how much money you must have made from American Pie. If everybody that knows that song came to my shows, I'd be selling out stadiums. The greased piglet of politics has slipped and squirmed through almost three disastrous years of disorder and deceit. What would last longer, this lettuce or Liz Truss?
5: I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party.
1: The lettuce won. These constant tirades against.
2: Jewish people. La, la, you don't hold accountability to my pain. You're being a Karen. A man must protect the woman and provide for her, so he needs to make sure that she's safe. He needs a degree of authority to protect her. I have no problem with... No, but but people do have a problem with it.
1: And that's the world we're in now. I'm over here. There's nobody in this country or the world who hasn't lived the majority of their lives under the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. This is how she wanted her funeral to be. And like everything the queen ever did, it just showed immaculate taste, uh, unbelievable class and dignity. Nothing and nobody has symbolized what it means to be British better than Queen Elizabeth. They're trying to force you out. Yes, not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club that I felt betrayed.
5: It was um, stated that Elvis, you know, uh, was um, a racist. He's never been a racist.
1: When she said that, Olivia Wilde, it, it stung you, didn't it? Thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice. Andy, you I mean, you've alluded to the fact that you had suicidal thoughts at one stage.
2: Yeah, I was close to going down the garden where I used to have a pond down at the garden with a little bottle and a few pills and I was, I was that bad one day. Do you believe you can win this war? I don't only believe it, I know it will happen. We will win. We already showed the whole world that he can kill us, but to conquer our people is impossible.
3: Forgive me if I look a bit sweaty and moist. But...
1: <laughs> the girlies apparently like it that way. <laughs> no problem nothing. with the tits?
5: No problem with the tits. No Tits aren't really involved in this.
1: We're talking for Stanley. i thank you, Piers.
0: Interview adjourned. Love you. <laughs> Turn the camera off. Very dishonest. Like I said, it's
1: not been a quiet year, but who'd want a quiet year anyway? The Archbishop of Westminster has criticised the wokewashing of some of our most cherished carols, supposedly to eliminate sensitive phrases. The revised God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, sung at a Church of England service in the Midlands this week, retains just two lines from a 17th-century original. It now includes lyrics including God Rest You Also Women, who by men have been erased... Yeah, more on that in a moment. But first, there's a brilliant choir in my studio tonight, the Gospel Touch Choir, who are based here in London, have come together to show what God rest ye merry gentlemen should sound like. Take it away!
6: God rest ye merry gentlemen, Let nothing you dismay Remember Christ our Saviour Was born on Christmas Day To save us
0: all from Satan's power, When we were gone astray Oh, tidings of
4: comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy
1: I love... Do you know what? Just carry on for a bit, can you? I don't want you stopping in your prime. We were going to cut you off there, but I'm liking that so much. Just keep singing. Just keep going. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy.
0: Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, joy, comfort joy. comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and
1: joy. Fabulous. Thank you very much. We will have a lot more from the Gospel Touch Choir later in the programme. They are brilliant, all a cappella, no musical accompaniment other than me tapping my feet, which is almost certainly ruining their rhythm, but they're brilliant. Thank you very much, Gospel Touch. We'll be back with you a little later. Now, they couldn't leave it alone. Good then. American minister wrote a new inclusive version of that song we've just heard so beautifully performed uh, at a church in Loughborough, Leicestershire. And here it is. God rest you also women who by men have been erased through history, ignored and scorned, defiled, and displaced remember that your stories too are held within god's grace god rest you queer and questioning your anxious hearts be still believe that you are deeply known and part of god's good will for all to live as one in peace the global dream fulfilled so rather different to the original joining me now To debate this extraordinary development is the former Conservative cabinet minister and Catholic, uh, Anne Whittacombe, along with Jane Ozan, who's a prominent gay evangelical Christian. So, a high-powered panel here to debate this. Anne Whittacombe, your thoughts on this revised version of this classic?
6: Well, honestly, sometimes I really do wonder uh, if everybody's going mad. Uh, I mean, what are we going to have next? Are we going to have three wise women? Are we going to have questioning shepherds watching their flocks and writing their pronouns uh, on the sheep's fleeces? I mean, you know, where does this actually stop? Now, if you want uh, a new carol, write a new carol, devise a tune and let it see if it can compete with the traditional ones. But don't mess about with traditional carols, which everybody enjoys and everybody wants to enjoy. And this, the central message of Christmas is certainly not a woke one.
1: OK, Jane Ozan, I mean, I remember a big fuss when John Legend rewrote the lyrics to Baby It's Cold Outside because the woke brigade suddenly decided it was about sexual assault. Uh, what John Legend didn't do was seek to rewrite any of the lyrics of his rapper friends, where the lyrics are often really quite disgusting. So I found that a double standard and a pointless intervention in an old seasonal classic. Uh, and I kind of feel the same here. I'm kind of leaning with Anne. Why, why go back and try and... Rewrite classics like this when you could just go and do your new one.
4: Because I think the whole point, Piers, is that Christmas is about a wonderful gift of love for everyone. And there's an awful lot of people who turn up in our churches, perhaps the first time or perhaps for one time a year, who are feeling quite hurt and damaged by the church. I'm a, a gay evangelical, as you said. I nearly died because of the Christian teaching I sat under. It's quite hard sometimes going into church. And so to hear some words that say, actually, this is good news. This is tidings of um, joy for you, you, you LGBT people or you women. I mean, let's be fair. The whole carol starts with God Rest You married Gentlemen. Well, that gets rid of half the congregation in, in one, one line. So I think sometimes it's good to, to to bring things into the modern day. How many times do we sing cows? Did, and hang on, not look. Even okay, look. Where is it, but Jane, where does he say? Familiar?
1: Jane, if your problem is that it actually involves the word gentleman, do you have a problem with the with the lunar landing when man landed on the moon when three men landed on the moon and Neil Armstrong said oh, one? That's oh, that's on, on.
4: Different peers? Neil Armstrong.
1: Hang on. Be finished. Ed- Let me ask you the question first. <laughs> And Neil Armstrong, let me ask you the question, Jane. Neil Armstrong (laughs) stood on the moon and said one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Presumably, you would find that entire sentence very offensive now, because anyone watching or listening to that who wasn't a man would have been excluded. So do we now go back and edit the Neil Armstrong tape and make it
4: one small step
1: for men and women, even though the three of us are blokes?
4: Right, so. Let's be honest, there's a lot of hymns that are rewritten these days to make sure that they are included. That's been going on for years. Um, and, in fact, most of our ancient and modern hymn books do that quite normally. But I think the important thing is to, to, to understand the message of Christmas which is about God's love for everyone. And we need to go out of our way to make sure people really do sense yeah, but that. but you talk about God's love, again, when they come Jane, into our churches. Jane,
1: no disrespect. You talk about God's yeah, love. Yeah, that's but, the
4: message of Christmas. And yeah, but
1: the original message of this of this song is actually very heartwarming. The enemy is Satan. He's the Plus, only one singled out for, uh, for for negativity, whereas in the revised version, women have been, by men, who are now the enemy, erased ignored, scorned, defiled and displaced, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of women. That is an unbelievable.
4: (laughs) If I could just finish
1: my question, Jane, again, that is an unbelievable attack. If I could finish finish. my question, it's an unbelievable attack on men. Why? Why? Why alienate every man listening to that?
4: Because we know that the church has, for many, many years, subjugated women. They've not been allowed to be um, uh, in in positions of leadership. But more than that, they haven't um, been treated well. When we've looked at sexual abuse cases, there's a lot of women whose stories have been um, squashed. And I think it's important to lift people up. I mean, you you yourself have been quite... Uh, as you know, outspoken against certain women recently and that causes deep pain and harm. Well, actually... It's something well, we well, people to feel okay. at home.
1: If you're talking about Meghan Markle, I would argue she's been very outspoken herself about members of the royal family. A lot of people in this country share my view that that has been pretty disgraceful. So I'm afraid if she gets a bit of criticism... Well, an awful uh, lot, from lot of people, people like don't, me for peers, taking and it- I
4: think the problem is how we... How we use our power, isn't it, in those situations? Look, the the truth of this story is that it has been liked thousands and thousands of times, that the hymn has been shared hundreds of times. On my own timeline, it's been shared. There were four people who spoke out against it, and the Telegraph ran a story saying outrage. The Archbishop of all Westminster right. didn't actually condemn it in the way that others are saying. Okay. He just said, look, we like all our right. rituals. All right, let me go to Anne if so you're there's, waiting. There's, there's quite an agenda here. Well,
1: there is an agenda. The agenda is to turn it from a perfectly harmless, lovely carol into a man hating load of abuse. Uh, let's well, go you back would to say Anne. That Anne. You've as been, a man, you've been listening you? patiently, Anne. <laughs> I mean, does anything that you're hearing uh, from Jane Ozan, does it change your mind?
6: I wouldn't describe myself as listening patiently. Um, I think the opposite uh, is true. Uh, the fact is that if you talk about men erasing women and cast men as the enemy, then that is going against the central Christian message and the central message of Christmas, which is goodwill to everyone. Now, I consider myself included if people talk about mankind and man doing this and, and, and etc., I consider myself included in that. Uh, And I have no problem with God, rest you merry gentlemen. I immediately conjure up a a vision of Victorians in top hats and, and, you know, welcoming Christmas and all the rest of it. Uh, And uh, it, it, it is joyful. There is nothing joyful about that miserable substitute, which sets up a war between the sexes. Nothing Absolutely, I completely
1: it, agree with you. I'm sorry, Jane well, O'Zan. There's a way to. Well, there's I a think way to try and. 1000s
6: thousands you, don't
4: agree with you. Well, you talk about that's, love and peace, and all you've thing, got. That's a thing,
1: isn't it? You talk about love and peace. All you've got is a rant against men. We're awful. We've erased women. We've ignored you. We've no, scorned you. We've honouring... defiled and displeased you. Happy Christmas, my God.
4: Well, we're recognising the pain that so many people... I shared just now that I nearly died because of the teaching of the church and so to try and speak into that pain and make people know that actually God loves them, God includes them, God wants the best for them. And that's the wonderful message of Christmas. And it's fantastic that we can share that Yeah, but I'm sorry. Again again, Jane, don't I not know that
1: there are ways to do that without trashing men. Every man who listens to this new version but, is gonna think they're being accused the of erasing, ignoring, scorning, men. defiling and displacing women. And I'm sorry, as a man you, I think that's pretty objectionable.
4: But you get a whole first verse, Piers. Why can't you allow women to have a second verse and to recognise the, the, the problems that many women have faced in the church, particularly in the Catholic Church, where they're still not recognised? So I think, I think, actually, this is about healing people and allowing people to feel that they're included. And, and I think it's great that we, we are trying to refresh hymns and uh, carols in a way that allows people to know that God loves them God's there for them, and that's the present. Are we going to
1: change all the songs with women in the title to make them more inclusive? With John Lennon's "Woman," now be changed to "Woman and Man."
4: Well, I, you're, you're talking about completely different things, aren't you? Well, you, I, think, I'm you think about the message I message of Christmas. You want right right to be inclusive, right to the. Yeah,
1: hang on. you want to be inclusive, right to the point, and includes men. And final word to you.
6: Yes, um, I've just been told that uh, women aren't recognised in the Catholic Church. Vast number of the saints are women. And who is the central figure, apart from the baby Christ himself, who is the central figure uh, of Christmas? Mary. So don't say that we marginalise women. I, Frankly, Piers, what, what I've just heard
7: <laughs> is leaders, a big
6: nonsense that I wouldn't expect to hear from the kindergarten.
1: Well, on oh. that bombshell, <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Merry Christmas to both of you and uh, an inclusive new year. Thank you both very, very much indeed for joining me. Well, coming next, uh, President Zelensky makes his pitch for America's continued support in his war against uh, Vladimir Putin's barbarians who invaded his country. With a divided Congress and a cost of living crisis, will Americans continue to back that war on the Ukrainian side? Debating that next.
8: Jingle bells, jingle, jingle bells, bells, jingle, jingle all, all the
0: way Oh, what fun it is to ride in the one horse open sleigh Hey! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, bell, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh Hey! Jingle bells!
1: Fabulous! Absolutely love it. Gospel Touch from London, nailing it tonight. My choir, fantastic. Well, to more serious matters, President Zelensky is returning to Ukraine tonight after an historic visit to the United States, his first international trip since Russia's invasion. Back in February, it's been 81 years since Sir Winston Churchill's speech to the U- U.S. Congress changed the course of the Second World War. And Zelensky told lawmakers that Ukraine will never surrender. President Biden, to his credit, pledged to support him for as long as it takes to defeat Vladimir Putin.
0: He's going to fail. He's already failed because he now knows that there's no way he's ever going to occupy all of Ukraine. There's no way in which he's going to be accepted by the Ukrainian people. And so uh, he's failed in the past, and it was very important uh, for him and everyone else to see that President Zelensky and I are united, uh, two countries together, to make sure he cannot succeed.
1: Well, joining me to discuss all this is Ukrainian MP Kira Ruddick and conservative commentator Ben Ferguson. Let me start with you, Ben Ferguson, because there are some Republicans, not all, but there are some who think that America should not be getting involved in this war at all, not America's business, and uh, Joe Biden should not be committing so much money when there are more pressing and urgent needs back home domestically. What's your view?
2: Look, I, th- I think there's certainly some truth to that. The reality is we have a wide-open southern border right now. We have a humanitarian crisis on the border. You have freezing conditions now with this Arctic blast, and there's 10,000 people, they're saying they're crossing on average per day right now. And Joe Biden's in Washington trying to protect Ukraine from an invasion. It's hard to look at those two issues and to separate them when it comes to the logic of the present. The second part is the money. Why is it that America is putting the majority of this bill and others around the world are not? Can we afford it with the debt that we have right now? The answer, I think, is no. And the other part is this. When you go all in, the way that that Joe Biden has done with this virtue signaling, what happens if Vladimir Putin does escalate things? Are you then going to take us into a World War III? Uh, and, And this is a country that I understand aid and support. I don't blame Zelensky for coming here and getting every dime he can, What what worries me is the people in Washington seem to care more about virtue signaling and standing next to a guy in fake army fatigues, and they actually do about the American people dealing with inflation and an open border. This is a massive problem for them, I think, moving forward.
1: I I mean, I could not disagree with you more about almost everything you've just said. Well, A, because I went to Ukraine. I met President Zelensky. I think he's an incredibly honorable and decent man, waging an inspirational battle to save his country's democracy and freedom from an a, a, an invading barbarian in Vladimir Putin and I'm also curious did you for example did you support America's military action to repel Saddam Hussein from Kuwait
2: yeah i also think we learned from that you did. my foreign you did. policy so you, has changed well, what, on earth, that? what on what, earth my, did, I, you learned well, hang from on your hang mistakes, on ben, hang on you hang learned on, from ben, your mistakes. Bang, hang on
1: what on earth does kuwait have to do with America. It wasn't even in NATO. So why would you support repelling Saddam Hussein from Kuwait when it wasn't even anything to do with NATO? Why would you support that, but you wouldn't support this absolute full-fledged assault, ground invasion of a free democratic country in Ukraine? Explain the difference.
2: Again, I go I go, I go, go back to what I said. I think when you make mistakes, you learn from those mistakes. And my foreign policy in the Middle East, even post-9-11, has changed. The idea that you can send democracy around the world and pick winners and losers, and somehow it's going to change things. Look at the debacle in Afghanistan. I learn when you make mistakes. And the mistake that I'm worried about right now is we're going to get ourselves to the brink of World War Three. and we've decided that we are going to virtue signal and take care of a country, as you mentioned it, not a part of NATO, et cetera, and you do that while you also cannot afford it. At the end of the day, can the United States of America afford to foot this bill? Do the majority of Americans want to send this much money right now? If you look at what the polls say, the majority of Americans aren't exactly sure about this decision. When did and when you're borrowing ben, ben, money ben, to then give money away, ben, it doesn't make sense.
1: When did Republicans get so soft with dictators? I don't understand it. I'm literally it's, it's not Flabbergars, you would rather it, Vladimir not... Putin, you would rather Vladimir Putin marauds his way around the world invading sovereign democratic countries, taking their territory, like Adolf Hitler did back in 1939. What would Pierce. you have done in what would you have done Pierce, in 1939 women when Hitler it's, invaded it's a great, Poland? Pierce. What would you have wanted America Pierce, to do in I, that? I war?
2: understand I understand the narrative. I go back to what I said earlier. All right, don't put words in my mouth. I'm pretty direct with you. I made it clear it can't just be America that's footing the bill for this. If it's the not rest just of the America. World wants to get in the game, and I would say this to you, where the hell is the funding coming from the UK? Why aren't you guys putting up right now? We are funding it. We've been putting a lot of money of into United it. United States of America, you... you guys are not. No, you're not. You said you were, but you're actually not. Nowhere close to what America's put in here. Well, of course not. America's you're a massively rich country. Of let me. percent all all right.
1: Okay. Let me bring in. Let me bring in a very, very patient Ukrainian MP, Kira Ruddick. Kira. When you hear that, do you feel disheartened that... And to me, it's inexplicable that Republicans, who would normally be the first to want to take on people like Putin, now seem to want to just let Putin get away with it and do whatever he likes.
2: Well, uh,
8: from my understanding, it's not uh, a general position of the Republican Party, but of just some of its members. But I totally understand that there could be a concern about the funds that need to be used. And we have a very good solution to that. And this solution would work in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in Canada, in European countries, is instead of using taxpayers' money to cover for Putin's crimes, let's use Putin's money to cover for his crimes. It's about $500 billion of Russian money sovereign uh, Russian bank money that are being stored around the world, including United States, including United Kingdom. So let's go ahead and use those Big money up. to cover for all the expenses that you want. And I think that will make uh, the argument about spending too much on Ukraine uh, obsolete.
1: Yeah, and I, listen, I think it's a very good point, but hey, Ben Ferguson, it, and it comes thing, back... to hey, Ben Ferguson, hang on, let me ask you a question. It, it comes back to this in the end, doesn't it? Are you happy, are you content if Vladimir Putin wins in Ukraine, and then starts to go into other countries, restoring, in his eyes, the Soviet Union, would you be happy for Putin to try and restore the Soviet Union without the American military power, half the world's military firepower in one country actually helping to stop him?
2: Let me... Again, let me, let, me, let me answer that. I think he is obviously a crazed man right now, trying to put back the USSR. This is manifest destiny for him. But I'll say it the same way that I've said it before. It can't all be on America. So I would say to you, Piers, why don't you go to your neighbors in the U.K. right now and around you and say, stop buying the damn oil and gas and doing deals in Russia. And why don't you actually cut off the money flow that goes into Russia? Go talk to Germany. Go talk to other countries that have actually—keep giving money to Vladimir Putin if you 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 want to actually stop this war, then you got to stop buying his product, okay? He's the drug dealer and you keep buying his drugs. Second thing, don't look at America and say, I'm abandoning Ukraine when you guys aren't writing the damn checks. Go to the rest of Europe and write the checks. You want to match American funds? Then I look at it a little bit differently. But I am not a bank account for the world and all of you guys in Europe. You always say you're on board with fighting people. Hell, you've dealt with it with World War One and World War Two, and yet You don't write the cheque. So maybe take some money from the monarchy and throw it to Vladimir Zelensky to fight Vladimir Putin. That would be a great idea. I'll support you
1: in it. Okay, we actually have contributed two and a half billion pounds so far. Not an insignificant number. We'll be doing the same again next year. If you care about beating Putin, double it. If you're going to harangue us about not contributing, you should actually know what we've contributed. Let me go back to... Look at how
2: much money we've given compared to you. You're a massively wealthier country. Are you saying this? You guys care less in the UK about beating Putin than Americans do. Based on the dollar amount, the UK cares less about beating Putin than America does. We care more than anybody else. Why should we always pay the bill?
1: All right, let me come back to to Kira. I've got to say, I found President Zelensky's visit to Congress incredibly moving and inspiring. It did remind me of Churchill when he went there. He does remind me of Churchill because he has led the resistance with his inspiring leadership. I mean, I find him incredibly impressive, both when I met him and when i have been watching him in action. What is the feeling in Ukraine about Zelensky and about his leadership?
8: We are bursting with pride, Piers. We are. And I was honestly in tears when I was listening to his speech. He was uh, the uh, concentration of what we feel, what we do and what we think as a nation, and he was able to deliver it Uh, to the whole world and to U.S. President, U.S. Congress, and U.S. Nation. We are incredibly proud, and we hope that this is the turning point into this war, that this is the time when uh, something that nobody ever believed would happen is happening, and uh, something that uh, nobody believed that we will receive, the Patriot missiles, Uh, we will receive, and that will lead to to other countries coming along. Because if you want to be a leader of the democratic free world, you need to do what leaders do. Be the first one, make tough decisions, show an example.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, I think... Stop buying his gas! Well, hang on, I've criticized President Biden a lot in the last year, but I've got to say, I think on this, he's been outstanding in his leadership. He understands that, actually the Ukrainians can't win without American help, and a lot of it. Uh, And, Ben, you may not like that, but actually it's a fight for freedom and democracy. But thank you both for joining me, Ben Ferguson, Kira Ruddick. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to both of you. And to the people of Ukraine, keep fighting. I can tell you it is a battle worth fighting for and a battle that must be won. Well, coming up next, a true mini of Christmas, golfing legend Ian Poulter joins me to tell me how he's helping to make children's dreams come true.
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. And and nature sing And heaven, and heaven and nature
1: sing. Fabulous, the Gospel Touch Choir with joy to the world. It's the season of joy to the world and giving, and tonight I wanted to take some time to talk about some special people who actually do a lot more than most to bring joy to the world by giving back. The British charity Dream Flight takes children with disabilities and serious illnesses on holidays of a lifetime to Orlando in Florida. Well, since the first flight in 1987, more than 6,000 children have made the trip, which is often transformative in their personal battles with illness, Aidan Healy flew in 2009, suffering from a rare autoimmune disease. He's since gone on to make an astounding recovery, becoming a professional golfer and striking up a friendship with Ryder Cup hero Ian Poulter. Well, Ian is a DreamFlight ambassador himself. And Patricia Pierce is the charity's co-founder. We're going to hear from all three of them in a moment. But earlier this month, Ian's charity Cup Day raised $1.5 million in one night for DreamFlight.
3: Go, we reached a total last night of $1.5 million.
1: A staggering sum of money. I'm glad to say the founder of Dream Flight, Patricia Pierce, is here with ambassador professional golfer Aidan Healy and golfer and ambassador Ian Poulter is also joining me from across the pond. There's the great man. So we'll come to Ian in a moment. Patricia, great to see you. So you were... There you were in the late 80s. You were a BA stewardess, flying around the world, having a great time, and you decided you were going to make a difference. What was the original vision for Dream Flight for you?
4: I think it was too much wine one night, and it (laughs) seemed like a good idea, uh, and and flying. And then, yes, I just wanted to... Any child that's suffering something, I think they deserve a treat in life. What I love about the,
1: the Dream Flights that you do, each year this plane takes off with 192... Kids, yeah. but with a whole backup team. They don't bring any family or anyone with them. They're on their own and they get this 10 day bonding experience where they all come together with other kids who've gone through tough stuff. That, I think, is what makes this special. It's not just they pop over and go to Disneyland. They have 10 days with other kids who've been suffering.
4: You know, Piers, a lot of the children, maybe in a wheelchair or something, are in class at school. They're the odd one out. They can't do everything that the other. Um, class members do but you put 192 children all on one aircraft all have something wrong with them there is no odd one out
1: well aiden you were one of those kids how old were you when you went on the flight
7: i was 14 uh, back in 2009 so and what was it like
1: the experience for you
7: just incredible just the whole buzz of getting from getting the invitation sort of six months before to the build-up of it and obviously at the time i was really struggling health-wise and just that boost knowing what he was going to do and then the surprise of then meeting ian on the play, Ian, Poulter. Ian Poulter, yeah, obviously as a golfer um, and sort of what just stemmed, just the most incredible 10 days being with other kids, like Pat said, around you. Do you know where? Like I say I was ill, but there was other kids that were worse off than right. me, and it sort of just gave me the boost. Really, uh, I like might say you felt normal being with everybody, mm. but the attention, the detail that drink Goes to, as well not just the theme parks, but like I say getting off the plane and the close of highways off for you and things like that. It's just it just gave me goosebumps. And what's and
1: incredible? You were in a wheelchair, I think, for right, several years. Yeah, yeah. Right, the uh, the worst of this. And now you're a professional golfer up in Leeds. You play off scratch. I am. I am yeah. I've been playing golf 40 years. I'm <laughs> off 16.
7: It's <laughs> amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, just never in one of my wildest dreams did I think that was going to happen. I was actually speaking to Ian Poulter. Um, well, the, post- Leeds, you, the
1: postman, as we call him, because he always delivers.
7: He, he does deliver. He How does did your deliver.
1: relationship come about, the two of
7: you? So, I met Ian off the plane back in 2009, was on the trip, um... Part of us you knew that I played golf, and it sort of just developed from there, really. We did a bit for Golf Channel, and as friendship sort of started from there, really, he started doing the charity golf days at Woburn. Yeah. Um, invited me down to play in that, which was just incredible. Have you beaten him to... yet or not? Not quite, not quite. <laughs> well, let's bring, in, <laughs> let's bring in the postman,
1: Ian Poulter, fellow gooner. We're going to win the league, aren't we, Ian? First question.
3: Come on. We're
1: going to win the <laughs> Pouls, I know this, chair, you've been involved with Dreamflight now for 14 years. It's a real commitment from you. And that figure you raised the other day was really startling. I mean, one and a half million dollars in one night to help these kids. And that will pay for another flight next year and so on. Why does it mean so much to you? And what, what does it give you back just being able to do this?
3: Well, Piers, it's astounding. Um, And when you get to spend some time with Pat, like you are tonight, you get to realize how much of an amazing character she is. To have the vision to want to bring this trip on and to do it as a one-year thing and a one-year dream. And now to think, you know, this year was 34 years. You know, I've been really taken aback of, you know, how her team, how the volunteers and what they give back to DreamFlight um really transformed me when I met Aiden in 2009, uh, just across the pond over there at you know Orlando International Airport. Um, and it it just blew me away. It, it really did. It was very special to see you know how these kids transform, their personalities change, their confidence. Um, and it was at that time that I was like, okay, you know I need to do more, I need to give back more. I want to try and build an amazing golf day which, um, we can try and raise as much money as possible. And, you know, through the golf community, through friends, through CEOs and great people that I've met inside this great game, you know, we've been able to achieve that. And, um, you know, 1.5 is actually 1.6 million. Amazing. Um, but that that was absolutely remarkable. And we've got Pat
1: sitting here. I wanted to get you on, um, all of you. So, I mean, what would you say about her, Ian, as she sits here... <laughs> Squirming. (laughs) She's wearing her "I Love Ian Poulter" badge, by the way. (laughs) So you can you can lay it on with a trowel.
3: (laughs) Ah, listen, Pat's Pat's just Pat's just incredible. Um, You know, to know that there's somebody in the world that gives back like she does, um, it's it's pretty amazing. Pat's never taken a penny salary out of the charity from day one. She does this from a love of her heart. She's built this business that helped all of these children. And there's only a few members of staff that actually run this whole this, this whole trip. So, you know, that for me is has kind of been pretty special to get to see her energy, to get to see what, you know, what means a lot to Pat in giving back. You know, you can take a lot from, from those types of people and Pat is a very special lady.
1: I completely agree. Uh, Paul, it's great of you to join tonight. Uh, Pat, it's really about you. We've got the superstar golfer, but he's... <laughs> He's you know playing second fiddle tonight. Even I'm sure Aiden, you'd agree too. <laughs> Very special lady doing an incredibly special thing. Okay. And to see Aiden, to see his story, is really the proof of what you do and what you give these kids. You you make them feel confident about going back into the world again. That's and then you end up being a professional golfer like Ian Bolton. Quite an amazing story. Great yeah. to meet you. Thank uh, you. Great to see you, uh, Ian. Merry Christmas to you, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll meet again when Arsenal win the league. If that's all right. We'll have a longer interview then. Uh, but Pat. Thank you. On behalf of everybody that you've helped, thank you. You're a little saint and we greatly appreciate it.
8: Thank you
4: so much, Piers. You're going to have to get a team ready to come over to Orlando next year. You know what?
1: I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Why don't we do that? Great idea. Lovely to see you all and Merry Christmas.
8: Thank you very much. Well,
1: coming next, it was the year that a lettuce in a wig outlasted Liz Truss's career as Prime Minister. I'll look back at the moments we'll cherish and those we'd rather forget from 2022. Welcome go back to the final live segment of Piers Morgan on of 2022, but we will be back, don't you worry. Joining me now is Talk TV presenter, Richard Tice, talk to the international editor, Isabel Shop, is probably the finest title at Talk TV, actually. It's a swanky title. You seem to spend most of your time here. It won't be I funny, know, but thank
5: you. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault.
1: <laughs> it's been an extraordinary year, hasn't it, in, in so many ways. I mean, Richard, for you, highs and lows? Oh, I think
9: the most extraordinary, and the saddest bit, of course, was the passing mm. of, uh, Her, Ma- Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth mm. II and just everything around that. I was desperately concerned at that moment as to what would happen, but actually, in a sense, we're coming through that relatively strongly. It's all the other challenges around it. Mm. The political loads has been an absolute catastrophe yeah. for this country, and uh, I, I really do worry about next year. I think it's going to be a really difficult year. Any for highs me. for you? Uh, the highs, I guess, out of tragedy, you touched earlier on uh, President Zelensky... Yeah. Uh, his um, just his ability to motivate and enthuse a nation mm. uh, under threat is is an extraordinary inspiration which will go down in history.
1: And England winning the Cricket World Cup, of course, as will be top of your list, I'm sure.
5: <laughs> I, I, what can I say to that? I have to defer to this one or something <laughs> like that. I mean, for me, I think the political moment of the year was when Liz Truss sacked Quasi Kwartek. Yes. I mean, you know, as a political journalist... For doing what I, she I told him to do. Absolutely gobsmacking yeah. moment. And at that moment, I just knew the government mm. has... Her administration has to collapse. Yeah. So that was extraordinary. And in terms of the highs, they're pretty few and far between. Mm. And you couldn't really call this a high. Um, but I would say that the way that the country came together after the Queen died, yeah. and the pageantry of that, all those kind of commemorations in the week after she Well, came. it reminded well,
1: us that we do have some things we can yes. unite together and about. I and mean, the, we're the good vast at. majority of Brits came together yeah. for that and uh, felt the same
9: way about and it. And
5: we were good at it. Yes. And we're not really good at anything else right now. But so. once again, of course, it mm. was the
9: military, it was the armed forces mm. who came together, the logistics, mm. the, the, the pageantry, the ceremony, absolutely split second mm. perfect. And you sort of say, well, if they can do it, why can't
1: large parts of the rest? It's the biggest of problem right now. That we've just, have we lost the ability to debate in the way we used to?
5: Oh, that is a really important question. I think
1: to me that's the biggest problem in society. We should be able to go hammer and tongs and then go and have a pint. What's happened to that?
5: It's become so nasty, hasn't it? Mm. So I had a moment on um, Mike Graham's show on Talk Radio, Talk TV last week, where I dared to suggest that not all nurses are angels Mm. uh, and that not all nurses work incredibly hard. Whilst I fully support their demand for more pay, and I think that the vast majority of them are overworked, not all are equal. The hatred and bile that has been poured on my head as a result of making that question and suggesting that perhaps the debate could be more nuanced is quite extraordinary.
9: And, and also just some subjects that you're not allowed to debate. Right. You're literally not even allowed to go there. And I think it's actually... It's corrosive for society and, and it will diminish our ability to there make progress. There should be
1: nothing that we can't openly debate. I've felt this for a while. That's why I wanted to set this show up. It's like this idea that we're all being quietly censored. And, in fact, not even that quietly now. Whereas things like gender and all this kind of thing, huge issues, by the way, with massive repercussions for society. If you mention the wrong word at the wrong time about these issues, you get cancelled. Like, have we... Be, this is what North Korea does.
5: I mean, look at the treatment of Lady Hussey. I yeah. mean, I don't think that what she said was right. I think it was clumsy and inelegant and crass and many other things. But I don't think that she yeah. needed to be traduced in the way that she yeah. she was over, really, just a mistake. Well, I know that while
1: I'm off next week, you <laughs> two are going to be stepping into the hot... Oh, the first week of January, yeah. right? That's right. Uh, you're in the hot seat while I well, lounge on the beach many miles away. I will be watching. We'll send you great messages. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's basically a takeover bit, of course. Of course it is. is. Uh, Best of luck to you in your takeover bit. It won't work, but I I do wish you best. And Merry Christmas to both of you. you. Thank thank you. Good to see you both. Well, the singer's out for the show for the last time this year. We will be back with some specials next week of all the big highlights from Trump to Kanye to Cristiano Ronaldo. But for now, we're going to leave you with the Gospel Touch Choir from London with Hark... The Herald Angels Sing. That's it from me. I'll see you in early January. Merry Christmas. Whatever you're doing, keep it uncensored.
6: Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
4: Glory
6: to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God
0: and sinners reconcile.
6: Joyful